0: Listener Production. What are the new COVID subvariants and how infectious are they? I'm Dr. Sophie Calabretto, and this is the Science Briefing, a podcast about the science of everything. We aren't out of the woods when it comes to COVID. Some experts have predicted cases will surge this month in Australia, and these new sub-variants are spreading fast. Today, a COVID update from Cosmos magazine journalist Matthew Aegis, and whether Australia is ready to respond. Okay, Matt, first I want to go back to November 2021, so that's one year ago now. We've just gone through the Delta variant wave. Refresh us on what some of the rules were at the time to try and prevent the spread of COVID.
1: Geez, that's um, taking me back. In mid-October 2021, in places like Sydney, where I was living at the time, people were leaving their homes after being locked inside, thanks to the Delta COVID variant, for about three and a half months And at the time, in general, across the country, people were receiving or just had their second COVID vaccination dose, or maybe they were starting to get their first, depending on what was available to you. It was mandatory to wear masks in many indoor places and on public transport in many parts of the country. We had QR codes to sign into restaurants, venues, and shops. And we were also about a month or so out from Omicron breaking out in Australia as well. That hadn't even happened yet. So, In the 12 months since then, a lot has happened and a year on now, we've seen a huge relaxation of the rules around COVID. It's a completely different landscape.
0: Can you run us through the situation now? There don't seem to be many rules in place. What are the rules?
1: Yeah, well, there are very few. Earlier in October, the legal requirement to isolate with COVID-19 was abolished. It had previously been reduced to five days down from seven before that. However, that is no longer the case. If you get COVID-19, you are not legally obliged to stay at home. However, most states still recommend isolating from others if you catch COVID, which is a really important point. Mm -hmm. In Victoria, New South Wales, there is no obligation to report positive rat results. And masks are only required in certain high-risk settings such as hospitals, healthcare, aged or disability care type settings. Compulsory sign into venues that we were talking about before, that's a distant memory. You don't need to do that anymore. And even on top of all of that, we have not gotten to talking about vaccinations.
0: Yeah. So how is Australia faring when it comes to vaccinations?
1: They've slowed dramatically in terms of vaccination rate. So around 72% of the population over 16, so the groups that are eligible for their third dose, have had their third dose. But that percentage has barely moved in weeks or months. So for some context, three months ago, the number of third dose recipients was 71.1% of eligible people. So it's around 19.7 million people.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now it's 72.2% so 1.1 percentage points higher 3 months later right it's even less for the fourth dose granted that has only been available for a shorter period of time and only to people who are over 30 the uptake is a little bit better in terms of increasing rate it's currently 41.6% of those who are eligible for their fourth dose who've had it 3 months ago it was 34.7 so that is a reasonably large increase by comparison to the glacial increase in vaccination for third doses. So yeah, I guess that's a a short wrap of what the COVID landscape is today. While this is all going on though, Australia's reported case numbers are starting to creep up again and we are seeing new variants emerge around the world.
0: So can you give us a bit of a lay of the land here? What are we calling these new variants?
1: Yeah, so we've seen a few variants emerge in the last few months and now their spread has really ramped up. There are new Omicron variants or sublineages that are starting to spread more significantly among the population and they mainly hail from BA4 and BA5, which are the variants that have been circulating for most of this year. These new subvariants have been nicknamed the Scrabble variants by parts of the US media where they're a little bit more prevalent than here at the moment. And that's because they use board game high-value letters like <laughs> B, Q, J, X, and Z. So two examples there are B, Q and XBB.
0: And so what do we know about where these subvariants have come from?
1: Well, in terms of where they've come from, they come from preceding variants. And take the XBB subvariant, which we're starting to see more of. There are multiple mutations on the spike protein of that version of the virus. So the spike protein is the part of the virus that antibodies are trained to target. And these could be antibodies that come from being vaccinated, or they could be antibodies that the body has naturally created in response to a prior infection. Best way to think about this is a bit like doing a jigsaw puzzle all of those pieces should fit neatly together. And if you have one piece that represents, say, the spike protein and you have another piece that represents an antibody, they should fit snugly together. Because there's been some minor changes to that spike protein, the antibody piece that we have doesn't necessarily snugly fit in, and that makes that binding process a little bit less effective. Uh, and that's why this version of the virus, for example, is being said to be better at dodging immunity because it's not a snug fit when antibodies go to bind to it. So, we can still therefore be infected.
0: So, where around the world, Matt, are we seeing these new COVID subvariants sort of really pick up when it comes to case numbers?
1: So, BQ is dominant in some parts of Europe at the moment, places like France, for example. XBB has originated seemingly in Asia and is looking to become the dominant variant across that continent. And BQ's growth in the US is also rapidly increasing uh, as a proportion of total cases. Around two weeks ago, BA5, so that older, very common subvariant of Omicron that's been circulating around the world, accounted for around 70% of COVID cases in total. Now it's estimated to account for 50% just two weeks later. In that same time, the US Centers for Disease Control have estimated that BQ variants have gone from occupying 9.4% of cases to 27% of cases. So that's a fairly sizable jump in just a fortnight.
0: Okay, so the upshot is that we're seeing more of these variants overseas then. But have we seen these variants creep onto Australian shores at all?
1: There are some estimates. Some researchers are saying that BF, which is another Scrabble variant, as well as BQ and XBB could account for over a fifth of cases in Australia at the moment.
0: Right. So do we have any idea of what risks these new variants pose?
1: So the fact that the virus mutates doesn't necessarily mean it's more powerful or more likely to make someone more sick than another strain of SARS-CoV-2. But for example, in the case of XBB, there are several mutations on the spike protein, which as we've said, might mean it's better able to bind with cell receptors and infect us. We've seen this over time as well as more infectious strains become dominant. So you know, we lived through the Delta outbreak and lockdown 12 months ago in Sydney. It was all the rage and then it was replaced by Omicron. And obviously being more infectious means that more people are more likely to get COVID. There are some suggestions that XBB and BQ might be better at dodging immunity, but epidemiologists are also pointing out that this doesn't necessarily take into account hybrid immunity, which is where people have been both vaccinated and infected with a previous variant. So you've sort of got this like double-edged immunity sword where you've had the jab and you've got antibodies that way, and you've been infected and you've developed antibodies in response to whatever was in your system. So that's quite good and quite important to keep in mind.
0: How concerned are experts when it comes to these new variants here in Australia?
1: So there's a range of opinions on that from expert scientists, public health and public policy professionals as well. And they're generally around this idea that people have become complacent. Some health experts, for example, are expressing concern about the removal of compulsory isolation and how that was communicated in the media. Just because it's not legally required now for people to isolate, the risk of transmission isn't suddenly gone as well. mm mm-hmm. On the other hand, there are other experts who are keen to dampen the language that is being used to talk about these new variants. And in this case, we've seen media outlets even today going out and calling BQ and XBB nightmare variants because of this ability for them to dodge immunity. But that's probably an extreme perspective to take because as we've just said, there is hybrid immunity which gives us a stronger immunity profile against new variants.
0: Okay, so how is Australia responding? Like, are we doing enough? Probably
1: not in some respects. So just as with these COVID rules and restrictions being relaxed, we are starting to see a slowdown in certain aspects of COVID research. Example of this is that there's been a reduction in public resources for monitoring viral genomes, which makes it difficult for researchers to say what subvariants have arrived in our shores, and where they are in the population, how they're circulating. Also, as we know, the new Labor government has released a budget, but one of the things there wasn't any money for was specific research into long COVID. Compare that to countries in, say, Europe, so Germany, Spain, France, have allocated millions of dollars specifically to long COVID research and we do know and the health minister himself has said that long COVID could well put a significant burden on the healthcare system in this country so the fact that Australia has put no money towards it is concerning there are still so many unknowns about long COVID what it is what it could do in the long term and with more variants on the way that increases people's chances of contracting COVID and in some cases long COVID.
0: So Matt, a lot of people continue to think that we're out of the woods with COVID but with these new variants lingering and as you said still so much to learn on long COVID, we know that's not the case. So what's the medical advice here?
1: Well most experts within the health sector would probably say what feels like a very old point to make but go and get vaccinated. In August, Health authorities like SA Health in South Australia predicted another wave of COVID-19 infections to take place in November. And here we are in November, and a quick glance at the confirmed case data says that numbers are going up. So the recommendations clearly are still to have a repeat dose of vaccination after the three month period of either your last dose or your previous infection, whichever was the most recent. And for those who have only had their two doses, whilst that was described 12 months ago as being fully vaccinated, that was before we had things like boosters on the market, it's probably less accurate now, especially given there are better Omicron-based vaccines on the market. Moderna has a bivalent candidate now, so that's a product which is half original strain and half Omicron BA1. So an Omicron-based vaccine is really important given that's the dominant group of variants circulating at the moment. And Pfizer is currently awaiting a target recognition recommendations as to how that will form part of the vaccine rollout.
0: Matthew Aegis is a science journalist for Cosmos magazine. You can read more of Matt's reporting by heading to cosmosmagazine.com. And also, if you're a fan of the show, don't forget to subscribe. You can download the listener app to listen for free Or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Just search The Science Briefing and leave us a review. Let us know what you think. The Science Briefing is produced by Listener and the Royal Institution of Australia. This episode was produced by Jake Morecambe. Mixing by Dave Stein. Our executive producer is Carla Arnold. I'm Dr. Sophie Calabretto. Catch you next time.